When you got out of bed this morning, did, did you even imagine where you'd be today, where God would bring us together? With our good friends, I met Pastor Mutima. We were in Los Angeles, of all places, with, um, with some other pastor, church leaders uh, from around the country. And he said, brother, we're both from New England. I said, where are you from? He said, Westbrook, Maine. I said, where's Westbrook, Maine? It's near, near Portland. Like, I know where the Cabela, Cabela's is in Scarborough. Um, uh, so, you know, these are all congregational churches. And um, so we're the uh, four C's, Conservative Congregational Christian Conference. So uh, this is the theologically conservative congregational churches in Maine. And I have a lot of um, uh, perception of, of uh, what that would look like when I picture a congregational church in Maine. And uh, usually the, the image includes a number of older, typically ladies for some reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you shattered all my preconceptions about what, that, what, a, what a congregational church in, in Maine would look like. So praise God. So over these years, we've been able to connect. And, um, and you might recognize uh, Pastor Motima from when he preached here before. So just a, a, we don't see each other very much. But when we do, we just pick right up where we left off and uh, words of encouragement to one another. Um, Words of challenge sometimes, which I'll receive from this man, because he's a man of prayer. And I have deep respect for him and his ministry that's bathed in prayer, a community of prayer and worship. Um, if you want to keep worshiping with these guys, they're going to be in Bill Ricca tonight at 5 o'clock. They've got a concert um, at the Global, I think it's called Global Evangelical Church on Linnell or Liddell. Okay, I'll get you the address if you want to go. I'll get you all the info if you... Yeah. <laughs> right there. Yeah, so check them out if you want to, if you want to just keep, keep worshiping with them. Um, I love... God bless New England. Um, if there's people who you deeply respect in your life, who you've known over the years, you respect them spiritually, you let them speak into your life, my guess is they're also people of prayer. And we know that deep down that there is... Uh, that prayer is central to what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, to, uh, to worship God together. And so prayer is central. And yet, at the same time, prayer can be um, kind of tricky because we get caught up. You know, am I praying right? Or why do I get stuck in my prayer? Why do I get so distracted? And it's just, or I, we feel like we don't pray enough or something's not right. And so it should be so natural to us. And yet... Uh, it can be difficult. So we're going to spend the next four weeks looking at prayer. What does it mean to, for us to be a people of prayer? Or as Jesus said, he said, my house will be known as a house of prayer. And we are God's house, his church, as scripture teaches. So we desire not just, just to, not just to be a church of people who pray, but to genuinely be a house of prayer. And what would that look like? What do we, how do we need to grow? What do we need to, uh, to do to understand that? So we're going to turn to God's word today. Um, and over the next number of weeks, particularly today, we're going to be looking at um, this model prayer that Jesus gave his disciples to teach them of prayer, what we call the Lord's Prayer. But I believe that we are, as a community, on the cusp of something that God is, I don't know exactly, God has not made it clear to me you know, what exactly the next step is, but it feels like we're right on the edge of something. And, and whatever that is, 
I can say with confidence that prayer is going to be part of that, that we are going to be a people of prayer. Because then as we seek God in prayer, he will guide us to that place, that it seems that he's bringing us and that we are uh, where we are going. Second Chronicles chapter 7, this famous verse, when, 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 God's, the, when the first temple, when Solomon completed the temple, God doesn't need a temple, he doesn't need a home, but he allowed his people to build this place of worship. He said, if my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear them from heaven. I will forgive their sins and heal their land. Let us pray. Father God, we seek you in prayer and we desire to be a people of prayer. We thank you for the gift of prayer. We do see that our land needs healing, that our community needs healing, that our nation needs healing, Lord. And we pray that your kingdom would come and bring that the power of your grace and mercy to heal and to restore and to uh, bring many from death to life, that your kingdom would, would grow in this place. Lord, help us to understand this gift of prayer. Pray that during this time that you would speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to try to answer the question today, what is prayer? Uh, prayer, it's interesting because prayer is not a Christian necessarily a Christian thing. Buddhists pray, Muslims pray, um, Hindus pray. People who would claim to be people of no faith also claim to, be, to pray at times. There's a, there seems to be an impulse in the, in the human heart and soul to pray, and I believe that's God's design, that regardless of how disconnected from God you are, that, that we were all made to be spiritually connected to God, and that desire to, to connect to God through prayer is in, in every human heart in some way or another. And as Christians, as people who have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, as people who have been forgiven and, and who are being made new, we have a whole, uh, a whole new way to connect with God, a, a restored way, a vibrant way through prayer. So we want to specifically understand how Jesus understood prayer, and we're looking at this familiar teaching. And in this, we'll see that Jesus teaches us what prayer is not and also what prayer is. So let's start with what prayer is not, according to Jesus. So uh, firstly, prayer is not performance. Verses 5 and 6. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues, and on the street corners to be seen by others. I Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who's unseen, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. He said, look, you can pray out in front of people, and they'll think you're really good at praying, or you can go in secret, and you can pray to your Father, and that's where the true reward in prayer is. If somebody wanted to evaluate your spiritual life, uh, in, in, in the clearest way, they probably couldn't because the clearest way that you're going to express that is secret. And if you have this private prayer life that is so vibrant and you want to share that with other people, then it wouldn't be a secret anymore if you were to tell them all about it. It's something that no one will ever see. It's you praying, not out on the, the street corners. It's a, really a true test of spiritual integrity is, is prayer that happens unseen. Now, there are times when we pray publicly, and certainly I get opportunities to pray you know, in, in a church service or in a group or at a civic event. I got to pray at the Andover town meeting this year. I got to open the 
meeting in prayer, I get really nervous. Because prayer becomes sort of a performance at that point, right? I, I really want it, you know, the whole town is going to be there. I want it to be a good one. You know, I, I, um, when the, the Oak and Iron Brewery opened up here in Andover, I was t- talking to the brewer, and he said, hey, we're going to have this, uh, this big event. Would you come and pray blessing over our, our new business? And I said, I'd be honored to, to come pray. He said, oh, and I'm inviting all the other clergy to come too. I'm calling them Catholics. They're going to do a blessing, and then... Um, the, the, the Hindu, calling the Hindu temple and the rabbi, and we're going to call everybody, and they're all going to do different blessings. I was like, wow, that's, you're really covering your bases. That's good. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'd be honored to be part of that. I'm, I'm, these are you know, colleagues of mine around town. So I show up for this event, and they, I'm ready to do the blessing, and they said, oh, by the way, you're the only one who said yes. It's like, all right. So I prayed blessing for them, and I prayed in the name of Jesus, and they thanked me. They said, wow, we didn't know you cared that much about our business and as a place of gathering, and we really feel blessed by this. This is fantastic. So the next time they had um, an event, they said, hey, will you come and do another one of your blessings? We love your blessings. I said, well, actually, I'm going to be out of town, but uh, my friend, Pastor Brian Bethke, he can come and do the blessing. So he went and he did the blessing. Then they had another event. I get no phone call. What's going on? And they said, oh, well, we like his better. (laughs) All right. So three years goes by. Pastor Brian's out of town. They call me. Oh, will you come and fill in for Pastor Brian? Okay. This is going to be a good one. It's going to be a real good one. And it was. it was It was... Spectacular. Uh, but then they're like, this is crazy. Prayer is not a performance. What am I doing? And there are times when we'll pray out loud for people and in those moments. And the reason why I do pray at civic events and at, you know, at um, ceremonies at the fire station and all these ways that I pray publicly is to point people to God. To, to, to genuinely pray God's blessing over the people there so that they'll know that, that God is real and point them to the truth of that. And even Jesus did that. John chapter 11, Jesus, um, he's, he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead there, opening the tomb, and Jesus prays like this. He says, uh, John eleven forty one, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe you sent me. There are times when we pray to point people to God, even though we don't, you know, Jesus said, Father, you already, we're already, we've got this. We're already in communication, but I want the people around me to be blessed by that. Um, But the real reward of prayer is private prayer, secret prayer. What is the reward? The reward is intimacy with God, an experience of God that you can have a personal experience. And it's like any relationship. It's not a performance. You don't have to perform for God. You don't have to get it right. You don't have to do it so well. It's just uh, your deepest, most close relationships, the most loving relationships in your life, you just be yourself. You know, when you're, you don't have to perform like you do for your boss or, you, you know, you put on, uh, you, you put on all these airs to, to, to try to impress the people around us. And God said, no, you don't need to try to impress me. I know you thoroughly. Just approach me. Just pray to me. Prayer is not performance. Jesus says also, secondly here, that prayer is not a technique. Right? So it's not some technique that you use to manipulate God, that if I can use the right technique in prayer, then God will just do all the things that I'm asking. Look at verse 7. He says, when you pray, don't keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them. 
For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. It's, again, it's, prayer is not about just using the right words, the right amount of words. Uh, and we feel that way sometimes, right? Oh, if I just prayed harder, if I had just um, had someone else praying the right words, you know, I should have asked the pastor. He's good at praying. Or I should have, you know, I, sh- I didn't do it right. You know, we do need to be persistent in our prayer. We need to pray continually as, as Jesus taught and as scriptures teach. But we don't need a lot of words. We don't need fancy words. You're praying to a God who already knows your needs before you've said it. Therefore, it can't be a technique. As if I'm going to somehow inform God in such a way that he'll say, Oh, I didn't realize that. <laughs> I, should, I should do something about that. That's not what prayer is about. It's less about getting God to align to my desires and more about me aligning my heart to God's way. That's what prayer is. And then there's amazing freedom in that. There's no guilt. There's no deficiency. Oh, I'm not good enough, or I'm not praying the right amount of words, or whatever it is. You don't have to be good at prayer. You just have to pray. It's not a performance. It's not a technique. Well, what is it? To answer that, we're just going to look at Jesus' model prayer. You know, the disciples had asked him, how should we pray? He's teaching them how to pray here in, uh, in the Gospel of Matthew And his model prayer, this very actually short and simple prayer, reveals what prayer really is, what it's supposed to be. And Jesus said, when you pray, you pray, Father. And that tells us that prayer is about a relationship with our loving Heavenly Father. Until we can pray, Father, and know that God loves us, not because of our performance, not because we're getting it right, just because of his grace towards us, then then we're missing what prayer is. Again, you can pray out on the street corners. You can pray to, to try to get people to think better of you, to get God to think better of you, but you just pray, Father. Jesus then says, you pray, Father, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. That we need to recognize how near and accepting God is to us. We also need to realize that that one who loves and accepts you is absolutely holy is absolutely worthy of all of our praise. That God is huge. It's not just your buddy Jesus up there in the sky. No, no, this is a holy God who made you. So Father, the connection, and then holy is your name. Feeling both the nearness and the holiness of God. And we, we all need to feel this, to experience this. Until we experience how holy God is and yet how close he is to us, we, it, it, we come alive when you experience that. It, and again, when we pray this way, it's as if Jesus is saying, look, when you pray, just get your eyes off yourself to start. You, we approach God with our need, with our heart, with, with all that. He said, but the first thing you're going to do is say, God, you're my Father. God, you are holy. Then you're in a position to surrender. Verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done. That prayer, what is prayer? Prayer is an act of surrender to the will of God. It's, and again, it's, again it's not, prayer is not primarily about us um, getting God to align with our thing, but getting us to align with his thing, his way, his kingdom coming. This is the ultimate prayer. Jesus prayed this prayer. In the garden, he's, he's facing the cross, and he's just right before he's arrested, 
And he says, Father, you know, if you could take this suffering away from me, do it. But not my will, yours be done. And we pray, Lord, your kingdom come, your way. It reminds us that we are people who are part of God's kingdom movement in this world. That God is extending his grace and his mercy, all of the blessings of his kingdom, into a sinful and broken world. And we're part of that. So when we pray, say, God, if, if I get the thing I'm asking for, or for whatever's weighing on me that I'm calling out to you, my first priority is your kingdom. Because even if I suffer which Jesus said you actually should expect that. Even if I suffer, you're still, doing, you, you're still doing your thing. You know what's good for me better than I do. And once we've acknowledged God as Father, that he's holy, and we surrender to him, then we ask, give us this day our daily bread. Again, God already knows what you need, yet at the same time, he wants us to, to just share that, to speak it to him. He wants us to ask. So we ask, and we ask boldly. God, you already know this, but here's, here's where I'm at. This is my need today. Um, it's not a burden to him. So we pray for all sorts of needs. We pray for healing and guidance and wisdom and everything. And later in the series, I want to come back to this question, like, how do we ask, or what is this really doing when we ask things of God? And we want to spend a little bit more time on that. But we ask we also confess, therefore prayer is an act of confession. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. If prayer is building our relationship with God, sin destroys our relationship with God. And we need to acknowledge that. We need to bring it to him regularly. We need to be people who repent of our sin, turn from it, and receive God's grace and receive his forgiveness. If we don't, there's two errors. One is you can think that you're doing pretty good or you can think you're doing pretty bad. Look to your left and look to your right who's sitting next to you in the pews. If you, if you don't confess your sin, look at, look at them. That, that person needs to confess their sins. It's like, it's really them. You're doing okay, that person. And if you don't confess your sin, you can say, yeah, sin, you know, confession is for the bad people, like the people sitting next to me. Or, or you say, no, pastor, actually, it's me. You look left and right, you're like, oh, those are holy people. I'm the one who needs to confess because I'm a piece of garbage. But when we confess our sin, it keeps us from, from both those errors. It helps me to see that I am a forgiven person. I'm not superior to other people because I do fail. And I'm not a piece of garbage because God wants to extend his grace to me. I'm a forgiven person. And we regularly, as prayer, Confession is part of that, and it fosters that relationship. It's all about the good news of God's grace. It's all possible because of what Jesus accomplished on that cross. He took all the guilt and shame on himself. He gives us his righteousness. He gives us new life. He gives us um, forgiveness of our sins. And then we can just pray with joy. It becomes a joy to pray, to know that that's our status. Lastly, Jesus says, pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Pray for protection. Prayer is an act of, of spiritual warfare and of protection. Remembering the spiritual reality that is part of God's kingdom, that there's a kingdom of darkness that is against us, that is against you individually, and we pray for protection. The question is, do we regularly pray for that? Because if God is advancing forward, we know that the, the darkness is, is there, and um, you know, we, we kicked off our whole 
sort of ministry season with our big outdoor service and the picnic, and it was amazing to see everybody and to lift our voices together and just enjoy a beautiful day. But we focused on Ephesians 6, God's armor. God has given us all these ways of, of protecting ourselves, of, of being guarded against the work of the enemy. But God said, you're going to put on all this armor. You're going to put on your helmet. You're going to take up your sword. You're going to hold that shield of faith. And then he says, then you're just going to pray like crazy. Look how that passage ends, Ephesians 6, 18. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Right? That's all kinds of prayers for all kinds of people on all kinds of occasions. All just, just pray. Just, just pray. So here's what we're going to do. Just pray. That's our application for this message. Just pray. Just try. Pray this model of prayer, this model prayer. Kind of pray through those different phrases and, and, and just turn that into your prayer to God. If you, you know, there's so many ways we can get stuck with prayer. You know, we don't know how or I get distracted. I'm not good at it. I'm disappointed because of, you know, God let me down in the past. Or The, the biggest barrier to prayer is not praying. It's, it's, the biggest barrier to prayer is non-prayer. A parallel passage in the Gospel of Luke. I want to share this with you. Luke 11.1. 1, this, this is how it's described. It says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. See what's happening here? They, Jesus is praying. They're not praying. They say, teach us to do what you're doing. And uh, Pastor Richard Halverson, he was the U.S. Senate chaplain. I, I'm a kind of a fan. The... He was famous for saying, notice the disciples said, Lord, teach us. They didn't say teach us how to pray or the manner in which we should pray. They said, teach us to pray. To just pray. And, and we know that Jesus answers, he, he understands what they're saying because he tells a parable. He, he said, okay, when you pray, pray, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, that stuff. He gives them a model prayer, but then he tells a story. He said, he said look, a guy went to his neighbor's house at midnight asking for bread. And it was the wrong time. It was the middle of the night. The kids were already asleep. He was in bed already. The door was already locked. It was the absolute wrong way, wrong time to ask your neighbor for bread. He said, you know what? The neighbor's going to give him bread. You know why? Not because they're such good friends. But because you went and asked in the middle of the night. You had the audacity to even ask inappropriately. And this is, this is what Jesus is teaching about prayer. He's like, look, you're not going to get it right. You're going to ask in the wrong way at the wrong time with the wrong words. And, the, and you're going to get it all wrong. And, and yet, God's going to hear your prayer. God is, is, is there. We want to get it right first. We want to do all the prayer stuff right. We, we're such analytical people. We love to analyze. and How does it work? And how, do, how does God really respond to our prayer? It's like, stop analyzing. Stop analyzing and just pray. Just pray. When children learn to speak, their parents just get so excited. They just babble out the first little word. And, oh, no, write it down in the book and take a picture and mark the date. Put it on the socials. And it's, just, it's not even English. It's not even proper words. This child is not saying anything coherent. And yet we say that is the most beautiful thing. They're just trying to speak. And our Heavenly Father is the same way. It's just like, just say something. Just pray it out. I know you. And it's going to bring me joy. Famous monk uh, named Brother Lawrence, he said, For many years I was bothered by the thought that I was a failure at prayer, 
then one day I realized I would always be a failure at prayer. And I've gotten along much better ever since. <laughs> it's like, we're not going to get prayer perfectly here. I could preach 100 sermons on prayer. We're still going to misunderstand something. And God says, I don't care. Just pray a simple prayer to me. Your Heavenly Father, I'm here to pray. I'm here to listen as you pray to me. Let us pray. Father, I, I, I just pray that you prompt our hearts to pray. Whatever is causing us to not pray, Lord, we pray that we would pray, that you'd prompt us to call out to you however we can, Lord. Pray that you'd be pleased in that. Lord, as we head down this journey next few weeks and different opportunities, just gathering on, whether it's gathering on Wednesday mornings or other opportunities that we'll have, Lord, I pray that we would just see these as a chance to not learn a new technique or not to get better, but just to get at it. And Lord, that there's such blessing and reward from you, our Heavenly Father, in this, so we thank you. It's all because of what Jesus has accomplished for us and opened a, a way that we can just be, um, be your children, forgiven and free. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.